I love my little girls more than anything, and I said to myself, oh, no, don't, you can't, don't say that. But I had underestimated him. He went on, I would rather see my little girls die now, still believing in God, than have them grow up under communism and one day die under one all right, welcome back to The Left is Dead. Uh, my co-host, Jake Schneiderman. Oh, sorry, Jake Anderson. Will be joining me momentarily. Uh, and a couple of guests who we will introduce when we come back from the other side of this. Um, we got a couple of subjects today. We're, this is just a bullshit session. We're going to be talking about the menthol cigarette ban and what the fuck the government can tell me to put in my goddamn body. Uh, the... Latest updates in the vaccine IP protection fight, and it looks like that Biden finally broke to avoid millions of people dying. You know, the gracious man he is. Uh, we're going to talk about the new woke CIA ad uh, doing bodies in spaces, because I think everyone needs to know about that shit. Uh, we have the first all openly gay naval flight crew, uh, and Trump's new. Fucking uh, shadow Twitter, uh, stream of consciousness rant site, whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's interesting, and we're going to cover it. And for a minute here, we're going to talk about the Detroit cops at the end. But before I fucking start off, I've been on a couple of right-wing shows recently. I've been on a couple of right-wing shows in general. I've spoken to Milo. I've been on some libertarian shows to debate libertarian socialists and fucking libertarians themselves. And my most recent appearance was with the former bl- uh, former Proud Boy, uh, who now leans more libertarian. His audience is uh, a little fashy. So for those of you who have found me through the show Blackballed, I just want to clear the air with you guys and give you a quick message from me to let you know how much I care about you. I will compliment you to start off because the rest of this is going to be rough. Uh, we both understand the same things. One of us wants state power, and one of us is going to get it. And I swear to God, if it's me, you'll be punished for whatever you've done. Beyond that, I don't know why you're a fascist. I don't know what your deal is. There's better ways to make sense of the world. Maybe it's the trains and all the buttons and the helicopters that really make your spectrum minds go off. But trust me, you'd never be able to manage running a police state, and I'm definitely not afraid of you. But if you want to start, Go ahead and purchase firearms. And this is all parody. But go ahead and purchase a firearm. And let me tell you, the first firearm safety tip is put the barrel in your mouth. So remember that. And as far as putting me in an oven or a gas chamber, you're no chemist. And you've never had a wife who could teach you to turn on the oven. So fucking come for me. I will fucking gladly talk to you. Go ahead. James Carey, 8990 on Twitter. I love these new fans. I welcome your hate. And I will fucking bathe in it. You fucking lousy, incompetent pieces of shit. You're fucking saving a culture of trash, Applebee's and Marvel movies, and you will never have the trad wife to reproduce the fucking white race that you so desperately want to protect. So good luck. Enjoy yourselves. I'll be getting pussy. And we're getting to the episode. Chicks. Cars. So American. back to the left is dead i'm back again with jake how are you doing buddy good man uh well done taking on your your fashy detractors i'm glad i'm I'm trying to help them right right no i i understand your benevolence there and i'm just glad that uh yeah i'm glad you haven't been dropped out of a helicopter yet didn't didn't one of them threaten you with that Again, if one of them had the intelligence to get a pilot's license, I'd be more worried. But right now, they're busy playing SimCity 2000. So come fucking find me, pals. But we got a lot of shit going on tonight. We have two guests, um, close friends of mine. 
Uh, first off, they're under aliases, so good luck finding them. That's why I make myself the target. So we have uh, Casey Anthony, who is going to be our resident trans shield, so we can use slurs this episode, finally. <laughs> um, who, who is also uh, a street organizer, was very active over the summer, uh, where I was at a lot of things with her. Uh, and I, I know she put in a lot of work and was down in Detroit every night during uh, a lot of the George Floyd stuff. And then I am also here with someone you have heard before on this show from the Leftist Law episode. I don't remember if it was Franklin or Bash, but today he's going as uh, what? What was it? Shadow the Hedgehog, the bad hedgehog. My bad. The rad one. So we have two guests. We're fucking off with the roundtable format, just having fun for the fucking weekend, dude. Um, I don't know, Jake, we're starting off, I guess, with vaccines, dude, because we got some big news. First off, they're about to prove them for children, so all your children are going to be autistic, and there will be more 4chan. Yeah, it's going to be great. There will be a, 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 a drop in sociopaths, actually, uh, but... Yeah, so I don't know what aspect we want to talk about the waiving of, of IP laws. I mean, I, I don't know. I want to talk about what the fuck. Let's just speculate. Fuck it. Let's do what we do best. Wild speculation. Well, let's. What the fuck did it change? Well, let, I mean, the, the basic I mean, premise is that in order to immunize, you know, uh, even, I mean, right now about 1% of the global South is vaccinated. And uh, on an economic level and on any kind of level, pay for it. it makes sense. Yeah, the government paid for these vaccines to be developed. And it only makes sense that in, in this kind of an emergency, we vaccinate as much as we can so that, because if not, variants are gonna break out and the variants are gonna inevitably uh, overcome the original vaccine. So there's a huge incentive to do this. It was not, it's, however, even though Biden in his campaign guaranteed that he would waive the patent laws, um, I frankly, that he had, they announced yesterday that he would, he supported waiving them. Uh, they still have to get through, they still have to get it through uh, the, U, the UN or whatever. But I frankly was surprised. But now, I don't know if you heard this, uh, today they just announced that German Chancellor Merkel is opposing it. Good. They, Germany shouldn't have anything. Anyway, but before we get into that, no, no, before we get into that, I want to say, like, from, like, I want to talk about it from, like, some Marxist perspective speculation. Honestly. Intellectual property is just the protection of general art. It, it, I don't know whether it's, there's Tiffany, like, it's, whether it's a vaccine or whether it's, you know, a freaking TV show, obviously, when it's a vaccine, it's, it's, it exemplifies just how horrid it is. No, never is there any we should say this is shadow the hedgehog yeah this is shadow the hedgehog you know, intellectual property protections never protect the creators like if you work if you're an engineer you work for a company you you know invent this great new thing right you know well it's in your employees your employer owns and the ip laws protect your employees owners before not use the creators yeah. the vaccine you know it limiting that to just pfizer and moderna you know they, like, oh you know we were given all this government money to develop the vaccine but now we're going to keep it to ourselves under a patent and right it's just blatantly horrific and like yeah and bill gates fought to like protect the patent and everything but like i don't know do either of you think like possibly a part of it would be like i mean come on capitalism kind of needs us alive like you know the right wingers believe like oh there's this depopulation thing right like oh this is actually to kill us all but like in a system that thrives on consumption do you think this like fucking choice was made under like oh yeah oops we're actually going to need the global south to fucking produce things. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, kind of based on all of that, this is Casey Anthony, by yeah. the way. And uh, with all of that, like, it's very much a system-sustaining thing. Like, the, the need to have more people participate in capitalism and keep the capitalist system going became more important than the need to have the intellectual property for the... Uh, uh, vaccines and shit and that's like essentially what's going on with the fucking 
I don't know. You can't fucking do capitalism if everyone's dead. <laughs> yeah, you have to sell something. You have to. Somebody's got to be able to buy your bullshit. And I think there's also the fact that, like, um, I mean, dude, there's a competition with China. Someone may have wised up and been like, oh, fuck, every country has gotten the Chinese vaccine. And way too late in the game was like, oops, we better fucking start getting ours out there. And like, I don't know if, you know, I can't know like the inner fucking thoughts of a man who doesn't know his own inner thoughts, Joe Biden. You know, I can't, (laughs) I can't predict that. But part of it could be is like, dude, China's done like vaccine diplomacy the last year, which is fucking torn up America's reputation in the global South. The only global South nation cucked enough to like, vote no on fucking exporting like raw materials for the vaccines was brazil and they don't even get them so i think that yeah i think it's seen like oh china's fucking us up and like we might want to build some goodwill but why is merkel rejecting it i don't know and i was surprised by that because usually i mean you know she's a neoliberal obviously but uh uh usually she's kind of on the same page with the other uh, puppets. So I don't really understand. I, 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 you know, it's just ridiculous. Like the, the companies are going to make their money. Like they're on track. The big pharma is already on track to make 22 billion in profits this year already, just from what they've done. They're not actually selling. They're not actually giving away the vaccine. They're simply licensing the the intellectual property for it so it's like they're not really going to lose any money and they already didn't have to put up the the major uh r&d money to, to well, make so it's, it's just absurd that yeah but loss of future that. profits is loss of money because future profits is a measure in like a neoliberal economy yeah, you can sue for money, money you could have hypothetically made Right, they're going to lose some money, but this is a very extreme circumstance. And like you said, yeah. like, if we see a major die-off, not only, I mean, obviously, I don't believe any of these people really care if 5, 10, 15 million people die. Who but will bring the, them their children? The more people that die from this, the more it's going to fuck up the global economy and the supply chains. And if that happens, you're talking about a much bigger loss in, in, in money. Yeah, and another big thing is, is like uh, these are the people who we fucking like rely on extorting to fucking build our world. So you kind of really need those ones alive. Americans can die. Someone will continue consuming in their place, you know. But as far as the global south goes, like, no, that's the production end. You can't. Right. Well, you know, you can be callous for a while, but in the end, you can't let the mass die off because you have to extort them. That's the whole point of a fucking empire. You can't have an empire over a fucking empty continent. It's the whole point of the IMF is conscripting these countries to massive debts. What'd you say, Jake? That's the whole point of the IMF is bringing these countries into massive debt slavery forever. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, I hate to say something nice about capitalism, but like I was, I went to one of those uh, stadium vaccine sites, right? And you have government employees, you have, you know, military dicks, you got, you know, store clerks all like working this, they, they have a really efficient system of getting you vaccinated. I was just like, wow, like when capitalism has an, in, you know, an interest in keeping their workers alive and it actually has a benefit to them, like, wow, it's kind of, yeah, hit, like they can actually get something done. Well, it's also a demonstration that the state can actually function for you if it has to. Yeah, if it's, yeah, if they absolutely are forced to function in your behalf like yeah they'll do it begrudgingly but they can do it they just pretend they can't fucking the rest of the fucking time 99 percent of your life and imagine if we did a rollout like they did with the stadium shit here like way back when the shit started off like they did in china like people in like china and like vietnam and shit are like partying now and are able to go back to some semblance of normalcy because off the bat they put everybody all hands on deck in to uh get these vaccines rolled out and to get people safe and to make sure people were quarantining and making sure people had a decent standard of living during all of this like you still got to keep your job you still got the same pay and benefits that you'd normally get you just got like you know a few weeks long vacation to fucking 
chilled the fuck out for a while while people got vaccinated and quarantined and shit. Yeah, I think just to move off this one, because we're already going into a couple minutes here, I, the biggest thing like people should take away from fucking COVID is that like now that you can see that the state can actually do things and like, oh, they can fucking mass distribute an essential resource. Everyone should look back at the last year and just realize that the state completely failed any obligation it had to protect the fucking citizens in this country. You know, I, and that's like the huge lesson of COVID and letting go of these fucking IP protections is just like, oh, you finally admit like you can't fail this hard and keep fucking existing, basically, you know? True. And I think it also underscores as much as I, one of our disagreements philosophically is in some aspects, I believe in, in the importance of decentralization in some ways. But I think this COVID thing also underscores the limits of decentralization when it comes to things like a pandemic and why libertarian and anarchist arguments look very anemic when things like this happen. Well, while we're on the topic of the fucking vax and people who hate the vax or love it, I went for the cool one. I'm like all of you losers. And got the fucking Johnson and Johnson. You got the Adrenochrome one. No, I got the fucking baby fetus one. I fucking violated the church's rules, and I got one shot from a normal fucking cold virus carrier, and I'm cool, and I don't have to wear a mask, and I can fucking slut it up at the bar. But beyond that, a lot of people don't want to take it, which I, I, you know, I've seen some of them arguing with me lately about something else that's come up, dude. Is my other favorite thing. Fucking smoking menthol cigarettes. One of my deepest passions in life is buying and smoking and ingesting menthol cigarettes and deciding all of the completely toxic things I put in my body, dude. So I just think that, like, I this is a great example to start off talking about, like, the Biden administration, the way, like, Democratic administrations, and I understand this is the FDA, but understand it's from a a change in fucking upper management. The fact of the matter is like, this is the type of fucking liberal societal improvement. It's fucking tweaking tiny things at the margins. And then it's putting the fucking onus of changing behavior and fixing everything on the poor. Once again, it's fucking, you don't want people to drive gas cars, fucking make gas cost more. Punish the poorest people who need to get to work to fucking get them to stop being bad. People are smoking. We don't provide universal health care to help them for any of the problems from smoking, but people are smoking. The best way to fucking solve that, not health care, not treatment for anything, just punish them. Make their life a little bit harder and take away the few more of the fucking joys from them that they have. So I think I just, I don't know. I want to have a general discussion. Just like, I don't, the fucking indignancies of fucking neoliberalism, the baby system, you know, I mean. I'd sell out and work for big tobacco if that's what it came to. Yeah, conditional <laughs> support for big tobacco. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on like, because some people like, some people are fucking assholes and like, well, it, it menthol is extra bad for you. Or maybe this will make some people quit. Like, what are your thoughts on it, Jake? You know, I don't know. Uh, this one, I don't, I don't have a strong opinion on it. I mean, Start smoking. On, on, on one side, I mean, I, I quit smoking multiple times and then I had to quit smoking e-cigs multiple times. And I'm literally smoking one right now. So like I have my own, generally speaking, like I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I always come back to the seatbelt argument. Like that was uh, that was viewed at the time as a form of, of babying and, and nanny state. But, it, it, you know, at the end of the day, it was a simple tweak that has probably saved, you know, tens of thousands of lives. Uh, and so I don't know what the right answer is ethically. Uh, you know, it's hard to it's hard to answer that. I mean, I will say that, I mean, it, it's interesting that, you know, you know, 80%, over 80% of black smokers smoke menthols. So the, the, the groups that support this measure say that this, will, they say oh, their reasoning is this will be good, this will improve the health of, you know, 
black communities. Uh, but you know, I'm not sure. Yeah, like you said, it 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 feels a little disingenuous when they're not even they're, they're not. We have no way of treating, uh, you know, sickness or any other way. It's just like yeah, you're you're just kind of. Uh, it's like a. It feels like a punitive measure in some ways. Um, but I don't know. What, what do you guys think? I, I'm 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 torn and a little indifferent on this one, frankly. Both, I guess, I'm sorry, on seatbelts and fucking figure how much black people love Newport. <laughs> I, I don't know. Which one of you wants to start with seatbelts? Well, the seatbelts, that's a tough comparison to me because it's like, okay, well, it's requiring a car manufacturer to put like a basic safety measure in the vehicle. I'm pretty sure that's what the seatbelt law in the 80s was about was requiring them. Maybe it was, you know, getting, pull, getting pulled over for not wearing a seatbelt is, 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 is dumb and bad, whatever. But, you know, requiring, you know, manufacturers of multiple ton via, you know, death machines to have a safety measure is not a, a bad thing. But for, I don't know, forbidding people from, you know, consuming a vice is, is I, don't, I don't think that's the same as, as a, I don't know. Well, real quick, I'd go as far as to say is like the, the seatbelt should be there as an optional safety restraint. Right. But if you don't use it, you shouldn't get harassed by anybody. It's not your, it's not anybody else's. You're the one flying through the fucking windshield. Exactly. You're the one who's turning into a human cannonball, dude. That's your fucking problem. Right. And no one who smokes smokes and like, yeah, this is good for me. It's the same with like here in Michigan, motorcycle helmets. You know, when they took away the fucking helmet law. Motherfuckers want to get their fucking grapes split, dude. Fine. Fuck you, dude. You want to be on the fucking, you want to be a stain on the side of the road? Take that risk. And you're willing to take that risk. You're willing to take it. That's what I'm with, like, with cigarettes. I'm willing to take that fucking risk. I'm not a child. I know. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, on the seatbelt thing, I'm with, like, fucking full Shadow the Hedgehog and Jim on this shit. Like, hey, there shouldn't be fucking traffic cops anyway. So, like, enforcing that shit's bullshit. Like, people should probably use their seatbelt. But if they don't want to, that's cool. And then going on, like, you know, that, like, more black people tend to smoke Newports, like, it's fucking racist and classist bullshit that they're trying to get rid of it. Like, because Newports aren't any worse than fucking Marlboros, and if they are worse, it's just fucking, you know, nickel and dime. Like, it's fucking bullshit. And at that point, like, fucking lit poor people have something they enjoy like let fucking black people have something they enjoy like it's fucking yeah. it's fucking stupid it doesn't hurt anybody but themselves i'm smoking a chris cool refreshing newport 100 right now and you know i feel great and i know it's good for my health and i know that my lung capacity is higher and i'm going to live longer so that's what's important here the, the word i constantly use is fucking infantilizing and if you're a fucking Joe Biden Democrat K-Hive asshole who's like, I'm an ally, I care about the black community, and your first instinct is to fucking take things from them and punish them for enjoying something, even if it, it is objectively bad, it is addictive, I know it's run by shit companies, but to punish them. To say you're allies with somebody and then also turn around and treat them like a baby yeah. is dis that's the disgusting part. You know what I mean? That's and that's all like neoliberal policy is. It's to treat you like a fucking baby. You can't handle something. There's no you can't have trans fats in your food because you guys aren't smart enough to fucking moderate them. You know? Yeah. Uh, politically it's a dumb hill to die on this is basically just turns into but it's not this it's, turns into political red meat for conservatives who want to make fun of liberals view of government and i just think it's a waste of political capital to try and there's a left argument too it's about your fucking bodily autonomy though exactly this is what you ingest i mean that's a communist state would have no fucking interest in what you ingest if you fucking not like a detriment to society and also, too, a communist state would provide proper health care, pro proper like education. treatment, education and shit. And like people can make that decision and they wouldn't made to be felt like fucking babies or feel like shit because they decided they like Newports. Like, well, it's okay. not. 
like that. I think it's fucking it, bullshit. It's the liberal way, like the way the conservatives talk about abortion, where they just like have this infantile answer where it's like, no, you must just be punished, not, oh, we'll offer you real family planning. We'll offer you real maternity leave. We'll offer you free childcare from the state. We'll offer you quality state educations through college. Like the thing is, the structure is meant to actually like, if you want to repair this behavior, it's about improving like the actual society and the actual citizen. It's not about punishing them to your will. That's the issue. And I think a Marxist state could agree on the same thing, especially maybe not on everything, but especially when it comes to like bodily autonomy. I, I think we agree on that. I mean, I think we all agree that first of all, that, that, that the primary thrust should be universal healthcare and education and all those things. And I also, basically agree with what everyone's saying about bodily autonomy. I guess to play devil's advocate for a moment, there, there is, you know, not necessarily specifically with this issue, but when it comes to things, for example, let's say climate change, there are a whole constellation of small issues related to that, related to bodily autonomy with regards to consumption that make this question a little bit more tricky. For example, driving, for example, eating meat. These are all issues, animal agriculture, transportation. These are all major drivers of climate change. So you get to a point where obviously we need to dismantle the higher industries, for example, the military industrial complex, but you also get to a point where you have to question whether you're going to let humans make decisions that in, not only endanger themselves, but endanger those around them and the global ecosystems. Uh, to just rebuttal on that, that's essentially individualizing what I would view as something that should be viewed as a collective issue. Like poor people need to get to work. Cars are the best option. Like, I don't know what, what it's like where you're at, but public transit in the fucking Metro Detroit area and the entire state of Michigan is fucking garbage. It's built so you have to have a car to be able to function, to have a job like whatever. And that is not on the individual that is on the government and a collective way to deal with that would be pu public transit and shit like that. And like, you know, high speed trains, fucking all of buses, all of that shit. And right. to individualize it is essentially blaming poor people. And I know you're for public transportation and like, you know, I'm with like, if I'm able to carpool, like, you know, I fucking will, but like most of the time I have to take my own car for work. I'm a DoorDash driver. Like I have to do that. So I get where you're coming from, but I feel like that individualizes it and makes it a little too black and white. And like well, it and, blames people who are the victim of the system. And is I'm not saying that 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 is going to happen now. I'm saying eventually, let's say maybe even 50 years, 100 years from now, it will get to the point where it will be so antiquated to do things like pollution. Uh, once we take it on from a systemic collective issue, at some point, don't you think it's going to get to the point where um, it will be deeply frowned upon for individuals to pollute their environment? Yeah, because it's to be a collective society with a collective goal, though. The, this is a whole different makeup of society. This is not an individualistic, hyper-fucking isolated society. And the thing with, like, global warming, you know, is, like, at this point, we, you know, we have no choice but consumption. Consumption is the only freedom guaranteed in the United States, period. That's all you have. You, you cannot draw You can't even have money on you because that's suspicious and it can just be taken. So like the idea is that the freedom to consume is the only thing we have. And it does cause it, it. It causes the issue of damage to the environment, but we don't make those choices. We can't make those choices until there's some movement big enough to stop the people making those choices and punishing the people who make those choices. That's the importance of having like a, a socialist transition is the fact that like look this damage has been done intentionally man and it, i don't know it's not on us that's my whole thing that's always my whole thing is it's not it's not on me the 2008 financial crisis all those people who lost their homes you know it's not on me that's on the fucking bankers who should have been imprisoned and their money taken and fucking everybody rehoused 
Yeah, the da- yeah, COVID. The damage done was done by like propagandists who led these fucking massive efforts to get people to be dipshits and go outside and spit on each other. Agreed. And and again, uh, to play devil's advocate though, when you say that's not on me, if and and again, I'm totally making an argument. Just I'll never the- take responsibility for anything, even if I do do it first off. <laughs> If we, if on smaller scales, we were to organize, for example, say more agorist communities, would we not be making the moves toward helping to dismantle these larger systems? No, no, because alternate communities aren't inherently revolutionary. That's not a system changing uh, uh, alternative. These are isolated communities. And these are things that should they ever even connect into some kind of like large network that somehow threatens capital, capital will respond in kind. It's Saddam Hussein switching to the euro is enough to threaten capital. Imagine like a collect a whole state taken over by a series of collectives, like an agricultural state that provides food to this country. Capitalism would not allow that to happen. It, the security services and the intelligence agencies of this country serve capital. Yeah, on that as well, it would. I mean, with those communities, like, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to, you know, do your part, like, whatever. Like, in the meantime, like, we got to do what we got to do to survive. But when it comes down to that, like, it goes, A, into the socialism or barbarism argument. Like, as shit gets more (laughs) fucked, like, socialism is going to be the only solution or it's just going to get to the point of absolutely no return and we're starting to see these turning points and then going yeah we'll all be gig workers yeah and then going like on the you know issue of you know if a bunch of you know collective groups got together and tried to like reduce it or like whatever like that would essentially like Anytime that's been attempted, it's been co-opted by the state. Like there hasn't been very many successful, if any successful instances of that. Like anytime something like that happens, it's all well and good. You know, I'll give them my, you know, conditional support or whatever. But at the end of the day, the fucking, as long as there's imperial power, they're going to come in and take over and, you know, fuck it all up just as quickly as they came to power. You look at the worker-owned factory, which is in itself, like, it is an inherently positive thing where the the actual, you know, value of labor is fairly compensated, but at the same time, it still operates within a capitalist system. The same can be said on, like, a meta picture for the Soviet Union where this country had to make choices that don't necessarily look communist to the outside observer. But this country made these decisions because it was still operating in a world run by Western imperialists. That is like starting a commune or a worker own, like taking worker seizure of a a single factory or something like that. It would have to be a whole industry to be revolutionary, basically. But like a worker owned factory or something like that, even if you have a bunch of them, they still operate within the confines of capitalism. And that doesn't push for any type of structural change that benefits society as a whole, such as like, say, government health care or anything like that. Right. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was kind of thinking of uh, extremely well organized kinds of anarcho-syndicalist communities. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It would be, it would be most likely it would be co-opted by by the you know the imperialist structure or just waco right take your pick you are also talking to three staunch like just yeah pro smokers and pro tobacco like i would die on the hill for for, for cigarettes and i don't even smoke cigarettes anymore yeah we're going down for them just yeah. because I just because I don't want the baby state. I, I don't want the baby state. I I don't want the labels on CDs. I don't want the ratings on movies. I want people to be able to I want an educated enough citizenry that's capable of making choices for themselves and understanding things. You don't have to worry about them going to see Joker movie and killing their wife. <laughs> I would like an educated and rational society, you know, and I think socialism provides like the resources to a human being's life as they develop that makes like those stable citizens with an understanding of the world which, whereas capitalism basically tosses you into a void 
and tells you, fuck you, figure it out on your own. Also, as far as the menthol thing to like going back to the original shit, like if they ban menthols, like big tobacco still going to do their fucking thing, like, you know, whatever. But like, I know me personally and like most menthol smokers, I know, like, I'm going to go back to fucking smoking camels or whatever. Like, it's yeah. not my first choice, but, like, I don't hate them. And, like, some nicotine or, like, a different kind of nicotine is better than no nicotine. And maybe a couple people will quit, but those couple people probably would have quit anyway if fucking banning menthols was enough to get them to quit. Like, it doesn't make a difference, and it's just, like... <laughs> Kind of just like posturing at like, oh, we care about people. We care about the black community. Like when, hey, they don't give a fuck. They just want to see fucking poor people and black people suffer some more. Yeah, and I'll tell you now, cigarettes have doubled in price since I started smoking as a teenager in high school. I have not stopped. So, So I've gone to prison for a year and still come out and smoked a cigarette within the first five minutes. So fuck them. You can try to baby me. But I refuse to fucking let the Democratic Party wipe my ass. So that's why I like, you know, I'm a Rush Limbaugh socialist. <laughs> yeah. Robinson. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the next subject I wanted to touch on real, while we got time, dude, is this cool CIA ad that came out. So I'm going to stop the show for a second while we all uh, enjoy this fucking ad. So we will be right back. I'm going to insert the ad here, too, so you assholes can hear it. When I was 17, I quoted Zora Neale Hurston's How It Feels to Be Colored Me in my college application essay. The line that spoke to me stated simply, I am not tragically colored. There is no sorrow dammed up in my soul nor lurking behind my eyes. I do not mind at all. At 17, I had no idea what life would bring, but Zora's sentiment articulated so beautifully how I felt as a daughter of immigrants then and now. Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. I can wax eloquent on complex legal issues in English while also belting Guayaquil de mis amores in Spanish. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I am a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I am intersectional, but my existence is not a box checking exercise. I am a walking declaration. A woman whose inflection does not rise at the end of her sentences, suggesting that a question has been asked. I did not sneak into CIA. My employment was not and is not the result of a fluke or slip through the cracks. I earned my way in and I earned my way up the ranks of this organization. I am educated, qualified and competent. And sometimes I struggle. I struggle feeling like I could do more, be more to my two sons. And I struggle leaving the office when I feel there's so much more to do. I used to struggle with imposter syndrome, but at 36, I refuse to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should be. I am tired of feeling like I'm supposed to apologize for the space I occupy rather than intoxicate people with my effort, my brilliance. I am proud of me, full stop. My parents left everything they knew and loved to expose me to opportunities they never had. Because of them, I stand here today a proud first-generation Latina and officer at CIA. I am unapologetically me. I want you to be unapologetically you, whoever you are. Know your worth. Command your space. Mija, you're worth it. Okay, so you just heard the fucking wokest cia ad where the cia finally apologizes for doing bodies and spaces and uh uh with latina cis woman tells us about her imposter syndrome so i've seen it but i would like to hear each of you give your reactions uh one at a time who'd like to go first yeah gatekeep gaslight girl boss (laughs) jake how do you comprehend this fucking atrocity? I yeah, it's it's cringy. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. They've been several of the alphabet agencies have been doing this kind of shit for years. This definitely takes the cake, and it just it, <laughs> with the CIA, it's particularly cringy because I mean they are just just about the most rogue purveyor of war crimes in in 
you know, human history. And it's, it's just kind of sickening to hear them kind of uh, try and appropriate social justice rhetoric. I mean, what was that shit about the, infl- uh, the inflection in her voice doesn't rise at the end of a senten- uh, sentence? What it's is like that? an MK Ultra, that's why. Yeah, uh, um, uh, I was going to say that when Casey Anthony here first showed up, uh, before we even started recording, uh, we were talking about kind of the elite universities being the leader of like this woke language movement and like the the woke segregation and stuff like that. And I think this is like a reflection of where does the CIA recruit from? The elite universities. They recruit the children who go to like, you know, the places in Manhattan that grade you with butterflies. And then they go on to go to Harvard and Yale and all these things. And I think you're starting to see like, the liberal identity politics that's used to cover up class politics. So it's, it's absurd, but it's actually managed to filter its way up into like the most evil fucking agency in this entire country. And the fact that the CIA is suddenly using like the language of people from fucking Brown and shit is disturbing as fuck because it shows that like, this sort of like radical liberal sentiment that goes on now has fully merged with like the intelligence deep state kind of, it was bad enough in 2018 with like the CIA women representatives and shit like that. But this ad is really just like, that's it. Like, this is all it. Like if nobody sees how fake like the language fucking debate is now and shit, this CIA ad should really fucking put a point on it yeah it's 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 not good for anyone like it's, it's, <laughs> no it's like no it shouldn't exist it's not good for the world and it's funny that something like that comes out and then uh just uh, where, where it was a couple of days ago or something uh a, a trooper you know like a police trooper charged with child rape had hidden his fbi agency pass and he was just uh he was discharged from the fbi with all of his benefits, after getting like a, a sexual co- misconduct, you know, violation or whatever. Well, actually, that makes sense because the FBI now accepts all. But they, you know, the, you know, their sister agency, the CIA, play a woke commercial like that. Yes, yeah. Trump's hate. Jeffrey Epstein can work for the CIA. You say that guy can work for the FBI. So you're anti-Semitic. <laughs> also, like on that whole shit, like. It was from, like, the 60s, I believe. I forget if it was CIA or FBI, but it was some sort of fucking alphabet suit bullshit. Like, they had this paper that was, like, about how to infiltrate, like, leftist orgs and shit. And, like, the main point of it that I remember, I'm sorry that I don't have any sort of, like, any way to, like, fucking annotate it or whatever. But uh, the main point of the fucking paper was... Uh, get super caught up in debates on language and like create a culture where that becomes the argument rather than like class politics and like it's like the same shit like this is a little bit like more bold and forward facing and it's less like you know infiltrating leftist orgs but it's to the point where like you know a lot of democrats like nowadays especially like just like regular people like People like my mom and shit like are on board with like most like communist ideas when I talk to her about it and then she'll see some shit like this and she'll be like oh see things are getting better they care and it's (laughs) fucking like almost like brainwashing people into thinking that this shit is good somehow it's like weird fucking girl boss shit. Uh yeah another thing we can just touch on real fast and we'll brush over it but another thing that happened in like the last week was um the navy released the pictures of the helicopter flight crew with the pride flag and was bragging about the first gay all gay which u.s navy you're a liar but yeah first openly all gay helicopter flight crew but but that's another example is just like, dude, 
the way it's become is like the postmodern, like 1960s boomer liberals who are in charge now and who have kind of been in charge the last like 30 years have really used like the language of the new left to make like these woke, you know, these woke arms of imperialism, these woke agencies that are just meant to do violence and cause chaos. And that's really like an effect of like the 1960s and like the professionalism of this radical culture, like the way you see like weathermen teaching at, you know, high price schools and things like that is that, and it happens modern too, you know, modern things happen like that too, that, you know, Black Lives Matter, there's Black Lives Matter 501c3s where somebody has five houses. Uh, Occupy was completely absolved by stuff. With the uh, gay Navy shit too, like, the the intersexual imperialism shit is just like really really funny because a few years ago the black lives matter pride flag like fucking like missiles like that was a funny meme and now it's like a real thing and also like i was not in the circle pit for the fucking village people to end the navy for this shit to happen like it was supposed to be the cool kind of gay not the fucking bad kind of gay I think you're right, though. I think this is this is very much like in the 60s when the government and the agencies absorbed and reappropriated the revolutionary counterculture at that time. Okay. It's basically, uh, basically a more protracted, broader version of that, I would say. The, the, the reappropriation of social justice in, to support things like CIA and, and, and federal agencies well it suffered the fate of every counterculture is that it's consumed by capitalism and sold back as a commodity it became a a hyper individualistic thing because this collective experience was uh, capitalism does as it does it found a way to fucking make money off of this thing that had emerged it was an organic culture originally but as soon as elite institutions like record companies television fucking you know universities eventually start taking all this bullshit on it just consumes any counterculture and shoves it back down your throat for a price it was bob dylan's fault also oh wow the juggalos have not been co-opted yet we're just like fucking weird (laughs) poor people who like weird music and like to fucking butt chug Fago and shoot bottle rockets out of our assholes. Like yeah, the, the they aren't going to co-opt the fucking juggalos. And you know, the day they co-opt the juggalos, I am going to fucking uh Dorner some shit, if you know what I mean. Well, you know what? You guys actually lucked out because they can't co-opt you now because you're a gang. Yeah. Oh shit, yeah. yeah you guys are safe from being actually you guys are safe from being sucked up and just sold back because you're a hate group not even the, the, the soda pop <laughs> company that we worship will even acknowledge us. yeah they'll, they'll take our money but they won't acknowledge call them fago yeah, yeah say you Fago. don't need to do we're pit. calling you out you know you're the brandy yeah. juggalos and jake will never know what you taste like sponsor me fago and this show is sponsored by Newport Shorts. Once again, we want to remind you that Newport Shorts have the best flavor of all cigarettes in the country. And if you get rid of them, I swear to God, I cannot say it on this show. <laughs> so last, uh, last couple of like, fast subjects. Uh, Trump is back on a Twitter, sort of. The return of the king. Fake Twitter. And Jake, what are your, what are your quick initial thoughts on it? You've seen a little bit of it, right? You're talking about his from the desk of Donald J. Trump. His well, totally cool normal website. Yes. I mean, it's it's completely meaningless, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't. Wow. I mean, I'm just frankly like I, I don't care if you want to call it. It's it's not censorship because it's I'm, in my opinion, but that's a bigger discussion. I'm just glad I don't have to see his shit on Twitter all the time. Like I'm sick of him. I'm I'm sick of this white nationalist capitulation of his bullshit, and it's just it just makes my blood pressure better when I don't have to see his shit on Twitter. But I'll I'll make you a trade. Yeah. No Trump on Twitter. Joe Biden on TV one hour every day. Would you take it? Uh. I mean, I'll do you one better. I will literally sit and snuggle with and spoon Joe Biden for three. No, I just want him oh, on TV. That's gay. That's gay. Well, you just got 
called gay by a trans woman. Nice going. So, it. no. <laughs> I just want my man on TV. He does not have a stutter. He's sundowning, bro. I want to see it. I want to hear more about corn pop. Yeah, everything. I want to hear him talk about, you know, corn how it's... Is, corn pop is Joe Biden's tulpa. Look, one day... <laughs> you know what? God damn. Fuck you. You win, asshole. For once. <laughs> Fuck. We're going to interview Corn Pop. We're going to find this motherfucker. I, I do have to say this about, about Trump's new Twitter is, is that, number one, like he's talking like he's still confined by the rules of Twitter. He's not calling anybody the F word. He's not calling anybody the N word. But there's a function where you can share or Facebook or Twitter, Instagram. There's also a third option. It's a heart. You can like the code. And if you're accidentally scrolling and you press like, there's no way to unlike it. And, of course, there's no like count. But... It, he doesn't post after like 2 p.m. Like there's no like late night coke fueled like Twitter rants. It's it's just not the same. And like I don't know, somebody made the good point that like you know, it, a lot of people are, are kind of like you know jumping the you know of regular people are jumping the Trump ship. But like it's just kind of like impressive that he's got like he can like just say like Liz Cheney's bad for being anti-Trump and like 80 percent of the GOP will you know join. Yeah. Got them by the balls. It's kind of funny to watch. It's weird. I don't know. It's and again, it's, cool. it's not censorship. Censorship, or <laughs> it's not First Amendment shit. No, no, we don't disagree on that. It hasn't restricted him. Donald Trump has. More I just miss him than anyone on earth ever has had to express himself using any way he wants. I just want to kiss it's him. Like Jim's compromise. Let us see Biden. Like, let us watch Biden. Like, no script, no preparation. Like, just. Give him like a stage and a mic like he's doing a stand-up act and like see what happens. Yeah, do it. I mean, I, that's the thing. Like, dude, he's your president. Let me see him. You guys told me I have to be so confident in him. Let me freaking see him. <laughs> I voted for Joseph you, you said he was like the best guy for the job. You said he was qualified. You said he was great for this. Like, prove it. Show me. And the, what's her name? That press secretary's awful, man. Do you know her name, Jake? No, but I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that Jen something. I mean, I don't know. She's, she's like she's not hot as Sean as Spicer. As obnoxious as, she's not as bad as the ones Trump had, for God's sakes. Dude, Sean Spicer ruled. Well, Holocaust centers. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean That's a great moment of the Trump administration. Scaramucci? Dude. Scaramucci ruled. <laughs> got drunk and got fired in like a week. Scaramucci rocked. Um, but this is getting close to our end. So I don't know. One last little celebratory story for people who listen, because we do have a lot of people around Detroit. So I think uh, Casey Anthony and Shadow the Hedgehog want to celebrate the resignation of a certain official in Detroit. Yeah. Uh, Motor City, Muckraker, the only decent paper. In, yeah, definitely uh, follow them. Detroit. Everyone should check them out. Good. Metro work. Times, too. Again. Metro Times is pretty cool, too. But uh, they reported that uh, the chief of police in the city of Detroit, James Craig, you may know him from uh, Tucker Carlson, is planning <laughs> on retiring. And after a summer of beating the shit out of fucking black people and trans women, and, uh, you know, just being an absolute shitbag, collapsing people's lungs, putting holes in people's mouth. Uh, he is planning to resign because I don't care what his reason is. We've been bullying him for almost an entire year now. Uh, that has been one of the fucking movement here in Detroit's demands since the get go. The next person is going to suck. But this dude is like some weird dude who became the chief of police in Detroit to get a fucking career on Fox news to be like the token black dude. Like I'm so happy this dude is leaving. Yeah. Old, old, uh, Jimmy Craig over there. Basically he had his own, he has his own like the wire season arc. this past year. <laughs> And it's finally, this is the season finale where he's retiring because rumor has it is that he's running for office, which absolutely make, fucking makes sense that he's been, sucking off Tucker Carlson and other politicians, like, or other pundits and politicians, whatever, all the fucking weirdo right-wingers. Hopefully it turns out like Mike Bouchard and he comes in, like, sixth. 
Also, yeah, it'd be sweet if he like quit yeah. and got humiliated and then disappeared. That's what we're hoping for. If uh, James Craig is listening to this, where the fuck is my hard hat? I have since gotten a better helmet, but that hard hat was thick. <laughs> my Limp Biscuit sticker is on that hard hat. And uh, James Craig, you have 24 hours to return the fucking hard hat, or I will avenge Dorner. Yo, Craig, what school are your grandkids? Oh my god, alright, stop. This is a fucking parody. Yeah, this is a joke. All right. I'm so, in, in Fortnite. Long story short, congratulations to the fucking people who organized in Detroit all summer as part of the nationwide efforts, dude. It's nice to see fucking at least something changing somewhere occasionally. Uh, and that transitions us nice into the end here because, Jake, you and I have a guest coming up who was documenting. Uh, we're not sure on the schedule yet, but we have someone coming up, uh, Emma who was documenting everything around the Derek Chauvin trial and the protests outside of it. And, um, you know, we got more coming up. We have more guests coming. Uh, a lot of you are going to have to suffer through shit about Canada because I want to hear about it. So be ready for that. Uh, Wait, is this podcast being recorded on stolen land? Do we have to say that? We're not in Canada. Yeah, but are we close enough? But this is the end. This is the end of the podcast. So I don't know, Jake. Go ahead. I got a final question for everyone. Um, Everyone can go around and give me their answer. Uh, Choose wisely. Are traps gay? Jake? I'm not answering that. Okay. I'll say, if you don't know, no. Absolutely not. Uh, Wrong answers. Traps are indeed gay. Even if they aren't homosexual, they are gay. And this is from a proud trap. This is officially a gay podcast. Okay. Anyways, this, this Jake, was, let's let's. I like this roundtable format. I'm, I'd be happy to do it again. We will be. I think so. This is good, dude. It's been fun. It's a nice way to fucking shit on like the most ridiculous news subjects of the week. Thanks for having me on this. And yeah, thank you guys to be able to talk to you, Jake. I hear hear a lot of your episodes. We weren't there for the the, law, the legal version, but it's nice to be able to chat with you. Yeah, for real, it was great talking to you. I've been, uh, you know, long time listener and friend of the pod and all that good shit. Yeah, we'll definitely have some people back, and we'll definitely have you two back at some point, and we'll do some more roundtables like this because I do like this format. It's a nice chance of bullshit and just like really fucking go into like why we hate everything, <laughs> you know. So, I, I don't know. I, we'll be back in a week, though. I'll have a guest for us by next week. I don't know if it'll be uh, about Minneapolis, but we will have a guest next week. It might be like a libertarian socialist. Who knows? It could be anything exciting. Somebody who doesn't make sense. Um, but anyway, until then, follow us on Facebook, Left is, The Left's Dead, Twitter. What's our Twitter handle? Oh, uh... You'll find it. Sponsored by Newport cigarettes. By Newport's, they're great. They taste amazing. Let me. That'll go again. Just look up "Left Is Dead" on Twitter. You'll find. Yeah, just look up the "Left Is Dead" on Twitter, Facebook. Um, we have a Discord server. If you want to join the fucking Discord, email me at. I'm not telling the email on here. Actually, find our post to tell you the email because I threatened a bunch of people. Um, (laughs) but either way, find us. Message us on Facebook. Message us on Twitter. People I like and trust, you can come in the Discord with us, hang out. We're also starting a book club, which I'll talk to you off air about later, Jake. Um, but either way, follow, subscribe, make sure you like us, and I don't know, stay tuned. We'll be back in, I don't know, probably a couple days, dude. Have a good night, man. Everybody. Good night. Peace. Bye, Jake. Yeah, bye. Yeah. Lamb, somebody's bunghole, and I'm no big deal. I can play a mean guitar. But-